Welcome to the dark forest. Jackie and her pals will never bore us. Shameless confessions about our obsession will make us laugh and smile. So let's explore the dark forest and dark down for a while. Hi, it's Jackie Cation. Welcome to the dark forest. You know the websites, JackieCation.com, DorkForest.com, TheDorkForest.com. It is February. And in February, we have a ranger of the Dork Forest who emailed me and said, would you be willing to advertise my book? And I said, well, I'm going to have to read your book to see if I want to advertise your book. And I read it and it was good. So, yes, yes, I said to Jeff Fulmer, I will advertise your book. And it is called Firebird Jim, Firebird Jim, and it is on Amazon Kindle for 99 cents and it is part of a series. So it is, it's a, it's a good book. I liked it. It kind of reminded me of comic book episodic because it's episodic and I recommend you read it because I liked it. And if you are a ranger of the dark forest and think that I might want to read your thing and advertise that, you can be a supporter and an advertiser on the dark forest, much like Jeff Fulmer of Firebird Jim which I thoroughly enjoyed, and I'm waiting for the next installment. So go to Amazon, get yourself a Kindle, and hook it up. The other thing I should tell you before we start the great show is allthingscomedy.com. That's the podcast network I'm part of. And Jen Kirkman just started her podcast over there. She's hilarious. She was on the podcast talking uh, ghosts and UFO about a year or so ago. Jen Kirkman, Aaron Foley, Baron Vaughn. Bill Burr, Al Madrigal, a lot of great podcasts over there at allthingscomedy.com. Let's get into it. Thanks for tuning in, folks. Hey, it's Jackie Cation. I am sitting here with Josh Gondelman, New York City stand-up comic, and friend of Mike Kaplan. Is that who told me? That we, who, who I think was it was one? Mike. Yeah, yeah Mike Kaplan, good egg. Good guy. He's the guy who came up with the Daniel Dad Lewis. I'm reading Daniel Day-Lewis's dad's um, uh, Pulp Fiction. Oh, okay. And, uh, and I couldn't remember his name, and Mike said, is it Daniel Dad Lewis? <laughs> and <laughs> so Josh Gondelman of Ad Josh Gondelman on Twitter and joshgondelman.com, uh, you said that your dorkdom is that you love the Coen Brothers movies. I just love them. And I feel like it makes me a very, like, the things I love make me a very specific kind of white guy who wears a very specific <laughs> kind of glasses and cardigan. But, like, I can't get away from it. I feel like the Coen Brothers are, they're like, they, like what Wes Anderson is for wasps, the Coen Brothers is for Jews. Wow. Let me tell you that um, there are buildings full of things that I don't know. <laughs> And, uh, I know some things about almost everything. Okay. And I don't, I have not, the last Coen Brothers movie I went and saw in the theater yeah. was Fargo. And I had to walk out. Really? Too dark. Too dark. Oh, super dark. Yeah. So dark. And I saw it in Minneapolis and I'm a Minneapolis comic. Mm-hmm. And so matter of fact, most of Minneapolis is like all crepes. We don't talk like that. <laughs> and it was so classically in the tone of voice that they were saying that they did not. Yeah. Talk. That's, that's, I'm from, uh, I started in Boston. I'm yep. from the Boston area and they're exactly the opposite about the accent. <laughs> like, yeah, we sound just like Goodwill hunting. Yeah, we <laughs> we're sound- all smart janitors. <laughs> <laughs> right. We sound exactly like that. I don't, particularly right now. But no, this is that's exactly the accent that we have. And you're like, but you're not doing it right yeah, I'm now. Yeah, not. We're not. Uh, that's yeah. like what you sound like. Yeah, it's like yeah, we do. <laughs> I get it. Uh, 
I get it like in traffic or watching sports. Right, when you get excited, yeah, 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 we all slip like, into that accent of totally. whatever. Because I'm, I'm just putting on this mask of like <laughs> socially acceptable right, speech. Right, I class it up yeah. when I'm out in public, but right. when I'm not, it's very South Milwaukee, all cripes, you know, throw the baby down the stairs a cookie. My grammar even goes out the door <laughs> and uh, <laughs> when I get excited. So, yeah, because I'm from uh, sort of a, a little factory town in Wisconsin. So, mm-hmm. okay, so you're from you're from Boston. Before we get into it, allow me to tell you my favorite movie of 2013. Please. The Heat. Loved The Heat. Did you see The Heat? Oh, yeah. Oh, it was it. so great. It was so great. It was the cussiest, funniest, no Miranda, uh, no Miranda being read to anyone. Oh, yeah. Greatest cop buddy so movie funny. since Midnight Run for me. And, oh, uh, it, it was funny on like, it clicked on like the, the scene where Melissa McCarthy was like wriggling through the windows was just that super funny physical comedy. Right. And it, the dialogue was so sharp. That's it and exactly. I was trying to explain that to freaking Keith and the girl mm-hmm. the other day. And they're like, that movie sucks. She what? was just, it was one fat That's joke crazy. after. Crazy. That's what I thought. Because I felt like if it were all like, look at how she moves yeah, but, like a thick person. I'd be right. like, eh, that's not a good movie. <laughs> But the fact it that wasn't it was like that a at couple, li- right? Because that it is funny to watch someone struggle through an open car window, right? But it's also funny that she's just like super ballsy and has just a roommate. You uh, nailed it a room with, full of guns. with the fact that there's all there's a physical comedy and there's the snappy it was dialogue. So sharp. Bill Burr was so funny. Bill Burr and, and distracting to see people you know, and then you're like. Oh, that, that's him acting. Look at him I know. act. My girlfriend gets so mad when I point out people I know in Cause movies. she's trying to live in another world. <laughs> yeah. She's, I mean, she also, you know, will sometimes know of her, we, we both, we were both like, oh, Chris Gethard, and that was fine. Right. And he was credited as himself, which is very funny. That is funny. <laughs> but, um, like I, my friend Tony V, who's like an incredible Boston comedian. Okay. Was, uh, was the, the guy at the police station where they come in the first time and he's oh. like, Oh, why are you so nice lady or whatever. Right, right, right. Was. Oh yeah. Yeah. She's, oh, he, he says something nice to her and she's like, yeah, it's a great day. It's a great, and she <laughs> yeah, yeah. just beats the shit out of him. Yeah. Verbally. And so I was like, Tony V, which like, well, you know, when you point out what I'm like, is that Javier Bardem? It's like, Oh, maybe that is Javier Bardem. Right. But when I say Tony V to my girlfriend, <laughs> that doesn't mean that might not even no. be the name of a person. Right. Right. You're like, Oh, who is that? Is that somebody that was a bar back at DeSalvo's in 1987? <laughs> right. What's happening? And, uh, which is a real thing, the bar back at the DeSalvos. Anyway, so uh, so Cohen Brothers, how what's did you see Simple uh, Blood That's Simple? That's one of. Uh, and wasn't that their that first one? big one? It was their first. I think it was their first one. Okay, uh, I missed that. I'm trying to like get my hands on it. I didn't see Lady Killers. Okay. Oh, I saw Lady Killers. Wait, wasn't that a remake? Yeah, with Tom, it was like Tom Hanks was in it. It and didn't make Marlon any sense Wayans. that that because parts of it were great, and I quote it all the. T- I have seen more Coen Brothers movies than I think I have. <laughs> uh, yeah, you didn't see Lady Killers. Though. I missed Lady Killers and I missed, um, I think I was going through some stuff and I didn't go see A Simple Man when it came out. Okay. Cause that one's, or Serious Man, I'm sorry. A serious Man. That Simple Man, I think, or Single Man came out at around the same time. Cause there's dozens, I mean, they've probably they've done so like movies. 18 movies, yeah. right? Doesn't that sound about right? Mm-hmm. And, uh, a lot of people do a little research. Not me. Not nope. me. I was like, send me a picture. And, uh, and so you did. But, but Lady Killers, there's, they're listening. For some reason, they updated it. 
Yeah. But they only updated a third of it. Okay. Which made it confusing. So this is all like steampunky or uh, not steampunk. It was, but yeah, like... but it was like 60s fedora kind okay. of situation. And then the black character, uh, had, was listening to hip hop and the, and the lady, the, the religious lady who was the, the, in charge of their bread and bed and breakfast or wherever they stayed at yeah. so they could do their heist. Yep. She was an older black lady who was super religious mm-hmm. and the, the young black con man was listening to, um, I left my, my wallet in El Segundo. Sure. And at one point she goes, left your wallet in El Segundo. And so I quote that all the time for no reason. It's funny. Cause I didn't particularly enjoy the movie. I was like, that's a weird, cause the way they did it was so it was jarring. Weird. I guess though, if you're gonna update something from the sixties, maybe bring race relations up to speed. <laughs> right. It's right. a whole other kettle of fish. If they're like, we're bringing this black guy in a heist. And they're like, actually, this heist is whites only. This is, what, this is a whites only heist. And, uh, yeah, use that bubbler. I said bubbler. <laughs> that, anyway. So that's a, that's a Wisconsin and Massachusetts thing. And you say else. bubbler? I say bubbler. Okay. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. to everyone. So in college, uh, a bubbler was a specific kind of marijuana smoking apparatus. Oh, hello. Like, oh, like a pipe? Like a water a pipe, pipe? Yeah, water pipe. Yeah. A bong. Yeah. Yeah. If you will. <laughs> if you will. I believe the but, kids are calling it a bong these but days. But I tweeted it. But they called it a bubbler. A bubbler. Yeah. And, uh, but I, water fountain bubbler. That's, yeah. for me, that's what I grew up with. And I said it, I think I said it in New York, cause it's one of those things, sometimes you don't realize things are regional till you're outside your region. Yeah. And then you're, like, oh, I just grew up steeped in this. Right. Like, uh, so I was like, oh yeah, is there like a bubbler I could use? It was like a, you know, at a, uh, restaurant or a, yeah. uh, out in public somewhere. Yeah. yeah. Or a park. And my friend was like, bubbler, that's, that doesn't mean anything. <laughs> and so I, I tweet, I tweeted it. I was like, please people from Massachusetts back up back what a bubbler up. is. Yeah. And everyone, people were all over it. And, uh, like one of the, because it's almost regional in Massachusetts and Wisconsin too. Yes. Like as you go uh, 150 miles in a different direction from South Milwaukee, mm-hmm. Wisconsin, it's a waterfall. Yeah. Or yeah. Western Massachusetts, you got to Northampton. They're like, actually, uh, it's an equal opportunity, gender neutral water delivery <laughs> device. <laughs> well, yeah, last night I was at the comedy cellar and I said I was from Wisconsin and some guy in the second row, I'm doing set list, first of all, which is not interactive. Mm-hmm. Uh, you sh- hush and be proud that I can come up with anything funny with the set list that I've been given. It is. That is, it seems like a stressful show. It's a super fun show. It, because, and the audience is usually incredibly supportive because mm-hmm. they know that you're making up, trying yeah. to make up jokes on the minute. And, um, and if it isn't all just horrible, uh, that's a win. <laughs> so, yeah, it's, it's, um, you need a generous, yeah, kind you need audience. a generous, kind audience. And for the most part, these people were, but they were, um, it was, the, I said, I was from Wisconsin. Some guy booed me. And I was like, really? This far away? What cultural mecca do you hail from, Seriously. buddy? And he was from Chicago. And in Chicago, they don't call it a bubbler. They call it a water fountain, mm-hmm. which is only 90 miles away. Yeah. Uh, from Milwaukee. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I was like, you know, if Chicago's so cool, why would you be on your high horse about it? What do you care? Yeah. You know, if it's so cool, what do you care about my pissant little state? And you, they bury their dead in Wisconsin. That's all they do. The, <laughs> the mob just drives their dead over and dumps it in a cranberry bog. And then we sail at Ocean Spray. I can't believe you thought Fargo was too dark. <laughs> right. Oh, I, I, I have said this before. I would rather live through open water mm-hmm. than watch open water. Okay. I, yeah. I feel that. Or die. By yeah, means of open water. I, I always feel like I would die. Like, yeah. you know how there's all those movies, like 127 hours? Oh, yeah. That would be called, like, 
six hours and then Josh just <laughs> loses it, if that were me. Or like zombie movies, right. I always feel like, why not join up with the zombies? <laughs> right, you're like, no, no, bite me. Yeah, they seem... Yeah. <laughs> They seem like they got a thing going. They got a purpose. They got a reason to li- a I'm reason not, to not live. Yeah, a reason, <laughs> a reason to unlive. <laughs> and, and so your brains are good. Yeah, and it's like, well, what do I have going on that's right. going to be useful in this zombie world? Right. Like, I might as well. I, I'm not. I'm no good with a shotgun or a baseball bat with a nail through it. Right. I might as well just like join up and. Uh, but do you ever have those 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 dreams of being the hero? Like all of a sudden, like remember that woman in Atlanta who talked down that yeah, guy? That I feel like I could do better. Right, right, because it's words. It's words. I, I'm a nurturer. Right, right. Uh, I used to teach preschool. That was like okay. my job. Yeah. So like, I feel like that's in my wheelhouse. But like, fighting uh, right horror beasts. Right, like the La Femme Nikita thing that I would love to be. Mm. I am not. Yeah. But someone comes in with a gun. I'm like, hey man, having a bad day? Right. Let's do this. Yeah. It's really. Let's not. I think that's, that is a good help, brother. That, that's where I would shine. But like in any physical comfort, even if that was like to defeat the zombie apocalypse, all you have to do is dunk on a nine foot rim. I'd be like, humanity is screwed. We're all screwed. My op- did you see World's uh, End? I did. That that made me laugh because the only reason that that guy stopped drinking was because he affected the entire planet. Yeah, he destroyed. Yeah, he had to destroy the, world. the entire world before he was like, oh no, this is my bottom. And then I'm going to order water. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> that, is, that is the bottomest. That is the bottomest. That is like the greatest ego in the world. He's like, no, I would have to destroy the entire um, earth before I decided. Imagine what is it? Step four in a, I'm not super well versed, but where you have to apologize and take inventory. I believe it is step nine. It step is nine. Uh, yeah. Eight. You make the list and nine, okay, nine you go around and talk to people. That's a long list of apologies. <laughs> Right, seven and a half billion yeah. people. Yeah, that's a lot of people. And uh, But if he's lucky, most of them are dead because right. he's so ruined the earth. Right, so it down to a couple To three and a half million. billion. And uh, just think. And uh, Okay, so let us let me let you talk about the big, big Lebowski. Not the Big Lebowski, but so you've seen – so the three you haven't seen to Those your are, knowledge. Yeah, I, think, I would say uh, A Serious Man, Blood, Blood Simple, Simple, Lady Killers. And Lady but Killers. I think the rest of it I've done a pretty comprehensive job. And I'm trying to even see those three, even though I've heard Lady Killers is not super worth it. Right. I think my favorite one was Miller's Crossing. Miller's Crossing is so good. I just saw that because it was going off Netflix on okay. January 1st. Oh, okay. And I like – I never – I'm not a big watcher of things by myself. Like I yeah. really have – Oh, you I'm like a, a social? I'm social. Yeah. Like my – uh, I'll go to the movies or I'll watch a movie with friends, but normally, uh, if it's, if I'm just on my own, I'll be working or like screwing around on like Twitter or okay. listening to things. I'm a big listener. Okay. Mm-hmm. Some listen that? to podcasts or music. I do. Or... I listen to podcasts, okay. music. I'll listen. I prefer if someone has, a, someone I love has a comedy special come out. I would prefer generally to listen to it than to watch it. Oh. Uh, usually I'll do both. Please do that when mine comes out. Oh yeah. I just recorded it and I have had the hardest time watching myself do stand up comedy. Sure. But I listen to all five sets and I'm like, cause eventually when you listen to something, you're like, no, no, that's what I sound like. I can't, you know, and yeah. I, and the podcast, I listen to my voice all the time. So I don't care anymore <laughs> what I sound like, but what I care what I look like. <laughs> yeah. Well, like I'll think I'm doing, and I'm such a bad, actor so if i'm on stage and in my head i'm doing like this grand sweeping gesture that convey but in like reality i'm like 
pointing with half of my, like a crooked index finger. <laughs> and that's all I, I'm doing. I'm like, ugh, I do, I've got nothing going on. So, so you just, do you rip the audio or do you just have it playing no, in the background? No, I buy it as an album okay. usually and like listen to it on the train or like if I'm driving somewhere. Okay. Yeah. Oh, awesome. Uh, on the train is weird because I'm a laugher. I try not to be withholding about that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. So I'll laugh like a lunatic. Oh, that's uh, hilarious. Yeah, but I listen, I, I listen to a lot of music too. Okay. Yeah. So let's, let's talk about some, um, what do you like about the Cohen brothers? You said that it's, it's, I, it's, it's crack for Jews. Yeah, today. it's Jew crack. All right. Um, it's, it's just, I like the snappiness of the dialogue. Yeah. And I like that everything feels intentional. Like a lot of movies, I think you kind of see and you kind of, it's like, well, I get, I get that they did it on purpose, but I think they didn't consider how to do it the best or most interestingly. Like right. all the characters are interesting. Right. All the, even the background characters, the background it's characters. just the well-craftedness of yeah, it. Yeah. It's so there, there's so much to it and you, everything feels like they, it's how they wanted it to be. Right. And the, and they put, they, they put attention into the details yeah, kind of thing. Absolutely. Okay. The attention to detail is really nice. Like it, their period movies look nice. And yeah. Nice. That's such an understatement. Right. But I mean, but it's really thorough. It's true. When I think about them, they are really, really thorough because totally. Miller's Crossing, that one felt like the best because I've never been able to, like I watched The Godfather mm-hmm. and I was like, Oh, this isn't going to end well. <laughs> and it's more of a caricature. Yeah. And, and it's more of a romantic, you know, they've romanticized this thing. Even Goodfellas, it's a yeah. romantic, it's a romantic v- version of the mob. Right. Miller's Crossing feels like what the mob is. Yeah. It's petty. And right. Just super petty and super horrible. Yeah. And it's like, these are not good people. No, they're not nice. They're hopeless. Right. It's like, right. You get from the beginning. I mean, except for the very, very beginning where like Gabriel Byrne is very, is like very charming. Yeah. Like, from 15 minutes in, you're like, this is hopeless. Right. You could tell that they're charmed. They can be charming yeah. and they can be, and they are very smart. But for the most part, their personal lives are a disaster. Yeah. Their professional lives are a disaster. And the choices they make are the wrong choices. Yeah. They're, they're arrogant and they're, uh, and, and they can't provincial. seem to see any of it. It's so great, but it's so, it's also and they so nail it. funny. Yeah. Um, excuse me. The dialogue is so snappy without feeling like it's pulpy without feeling like, all right, come right. on. Right. Yeah. It doesn't feel caricature No. But they are saying things that people have caricaturized in so yeah. many ways where you're like, no, I see that that guy would actually say that. Yeah. And think himself either very clever or dead serious mm-hmm. where he's not even kidding. Yeah. He is, he is, he's like, I'm going to, I'm going to push your face in. And he's genuinely thinking, I'm going to push your face in. Yeah. <laughs> right. It's, it's there. And yeah, it's the dialogue is like vivid. Yeah, exactly. It's vivid and not cliche or I right. think you don't even realize what a cliche is until you see someone doing a different thing. Right. Like you don't realize that it's cliche to say like, uh, I'm going to knock your socks off. Right. Like that's, right. that's an expression. But then if somebody says like, uh, somebody says like, I'm going to do this. So your feet don't even touch the ground for a week. You're like, Oh, that's a more interesting way to say the same thing. Right. And it's, it's downright chilling, you know? I mean, and it is funny, but there's the way they do things are so real and serious Mm -hmm. that it doesn't feel like midnight run is one of my favorite movies Mm -hmm. of all times. It's a De Niro and Grodin and it's a comedy movie and there's a mob guy in it. Yeah. And he says stuff like, 
I'm going to take this pencil and stick it in your neck. And he's not kidding. Right. And he nails the line. But you laugh because you're like, no, no, I think that that guy would actually, if no one was watching, stick a pencil in somebody's neck. Yeah. And <laughs> so, yeah. I I just love that about that. And I, I think, like, it's so grounded and you're, you, like, feel it. Like, I just saw Inside Lewin Davis. Yeah. And that's another I didn't that. see that. That was now the premise of that one was. He is, uh, it's this uh, Oscar Isaac who's okay. really great and plays a folk singer in the 60s. Right. Oh, right. Like downtown New York folk scene, uh, like West Village and or Greenwich Village. I always conflate the two. Right. Um, but he is just kind of this guy that's not gonna make it and he's just kind of alternately trying and not trying. And again, his personal life is a disaster and it would be easy to make it kind of a broad comedy about a guy that stinks and who isn't trying. good at folk trying and, mm-hmm. and wouldn't stop trying or easy to make it this inspirational tale of a guy who tries and overcomes. But what I, one thing I really like about the Coen brothers also is they write, some people make sad movies. They yeah. make tragedies. They, which is one of the reasons why I have a hard time watching them because mm-hmm. I know tragic people. Yeah. And so I'm like, oh, I know that guy. I don't want to, I don't want to watch that guy make the same choices yeah, in a, in, and well acted and beautifully proje- projected, believable. super believable. <laughs> Just like, like Dave did. I don't know if you ever met my buddy, uh, Paul, but, uh, he's living that and yeah. that's sad for me. Inside Lou and Davis, I mean, there, it reminded me, uh, of I a talk- lot of comics. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's, uh, I talked with, I've talked with a lot of friends about it and everyone kind of pulled a different thing about, out about it, but it's, for me, it was a real bummer. And for me, it was about the idea of being good and not being good enough. And right. that is like a real horror for oh, me. It's terrifying. That idea of like, you can keep getting positive feedback. You know, you can have shows that go well and, uh, cri- you know, uh, an amount of critical that acclaim. Weird, that weird middle ground mm-hmm. where, I mean, there's something in it where, you know, because I talk to myself a lot about, yeah. you know, we all do. We all have the, the the soundtrack of, you know, you're not wasting your time. You're not wasting your time. Yeah. And I wonder about, like, there's guys that I've, I've seen been doing stand-up comedy for 20 years, yeah. 15, 20 years, who have never gotten better. Mm-hmm. And they are horrible. And they continue to do stand-up comedy and you're like, why do they continue to yeah. do stand-up comedy when they're so bad? And you're like, cause the audience is polite, but never, they never, but they get off stage and they've gotten any reaction and they're mm-hmm. like, that went well. And you're yeah. Like, but they, it didn't. <laughs> I, and I they love, can't see it. But see, to me, that's less scary. Like the idea of that being, would actually be funny and horrible. Right. And, and you're to be bad at stand-up comedy or bad at folk music forever, but just be like, I'm crushing it. <laughs> That to me is like, there's almost a sweetness yeah. and, and like, you're really doing it for the love of the game because right? if you don't That's have a true. career and you don't have, you're, nothing's getting better. You're just doing open mics forever. And you're like, yeah, I'm, I feel like I'm getting it. And you're not. Right. Who cares? Right. I suppose. Yeah. That's an excellent attitude toward it because I get, I get super, I'm just like, cause I know, I know, you know, you just, there's part of you that wants to go, dude. You gotta try something else. Yeah. Maybe you're, because I always wonder, <clears throat> what are they really, really good at? Right. Like, are they the best gardener they've, that, and, and they've never, never tried it? it? And, um, and so. What, when I was in, I'm sorry to interrupt. No, no. When I was in high school, I remember I was, I was at play rehearsal and my friend Liz came in. To, I was sitting in the, the band practice room and my friend Liz comes in and sits at the piano 
and just kind of hammers on it for like right. six seconds. <laughs> yeah. No melody. Right. And, and no chords and just stands up and goes, well, I guess I'm not a prodigy and walks out. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. And I feel like, um, it's great to know that. <laughs> so, that is hilarious. It's so funny to me. Right. So w- what they don't do, because with Llewellyn, I mean, that makes sense that I'm glad that they didn't do that where they made it this, um, where he was okay. Because the thing is, is that is the true tragedy is when you're yeah. pretty good at it, but you're not great at it. That And that was like, it was painful because he would do shows and it would go well. And, and even as an audience member, you're like, in a theater, you're like, I enjoy this song and, and you're supposed to, right? Like right. He's presented as a guy who's playing an enjoyable song. Yeah. And, uh, and he doesn't make it. And, and that and is just heartbreaking. It's so heartbreaking. And he's just kind of like told, you know, like, Oh, this isn't really, I don't see a lot of money in this. Like people, right. uh, um, you know, record executives. Yeah. But he, he they, has they, oh, yeah, they can't see what to do with him. Yeah. Which is a classic sort of industry kind of thing to mm-hmm. say. You're like, no, no, you're really good at this, but I don't know what to do with you. And, it's like, well, just and you're like, like, but isn't that your job? This. Right. My job is to be good at this. Right. My job is to do the thing that I can do. Your job is to find out how to monetize this. Mm-hmm. And you made up the word fucking monetize. <laughs> and, uh, right. so I hate you. And there was a guy and, um, and I'm sure it, it's happened in every, region in the country, but he used to send out, you know, to submit, to submit to do stand-up comedy, uh, on the road, you used to have to send tape, mm-hmm. VHS tape. And, um, this guy worked in John Evans is his name and he's a great comic. Oh yeah. Super but he, funny. Oh, do you know that guy? I, know, okay. I don't know him personally, but I know of him, but you've seen him Yeah, and he's a great comic. And he's really funny, but he would have these and they were private showings. Of the worst tapes. Oh, you know what? I learned about this. I did a festival with um Andy Ritchie, who used to work with yeah. John, and like both Minneapolis comics, yeah, and both super funny, but have those super weird streak of like, oh, you should see this guy; he's horrible. Or they would tape their sets in the basement of them just talking mm-hmm. and trying the material, and I was like, and I'm so that that I was I was never willing to watch those tapes because I was like. You guys, this feels super mean. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and granted, but then like Dave Mordahl, another guy who was on Last Comic Standing first mm-hmm. season, he's a Minneapolis comic as well. He, he says stuff to those guys, like who have been doing it for 15 years. He's like, you gotta stop doing it. Oh wow. You're driving me crazy. You've never gotten better, but he could because oh. it's none of his business, right? right? Like uh, granted, it's his show. Just don't let him go up in your right. show, but. They get to do whatever – I mean, you sure. can do whatever your art is forever mm-hmm. and no one gives a shit. And I I kind of like that. I Like in comedy, you know, if someone's real bad, just let them toil in obscurity. Right. But my, if they're having a good time. Yes. Because it, you're not – they're not hurting anyone. This is a great attitude. I like this attitude, Josh I, Gondelman. Thank you. And, I, uh, I try to be – and I'm a super positive person right. in general. But like – that movie bummed me out super hard because again, it wasn't <laughs> right. about someone who stinks and isn't going to make it. Right. Uh, I just like, that's my, one of my, my biggest professional fear is like being good enough that people that know me believe in me. Yeah. But not good enough that I make anything of myself. Right. And I really feel like that is a 
bad attitude. It's a, you have to try to let that attitude go because that'll eat you up too. Yeah, I, cause I, I want to be. But that fear's real. And yeah. you gotta, you have to fight bitterness every day mm-hmm. at what other people are getting. And yep. you're like, guess what I was never gonna go out for? The same thing Mike Birbiglia is doing. Right. It turns out he and I are not the same comic. Right. And <laughs> so. Exactly, right. Like I, but um, I still think it sometimes. I, st- and, but I gotta squash it or, I, or I release was, it. <laughs> I was on an audition last night. And I had to, I, I'm usually pretty good at not being bitter. Like I, yeah. I legit, um, walk, uh, walked into the room and was like, who's on this audition? And I, you know, it was a lot of friends yeah. and I was like, oh great. I'm so excited. And these people are not competing with me right. because it's like, if they want someone like this person, they'll take someone like this person. Yeah. If they want someone like this person, they'll take someone like this person. And but if then they want me, they'll, they'll take me. Except I was standing next to my friend, Jim Tews, who's a super funny comedian. And we both were, uh, you know, white guys, gla- thick glasses, right. gray cardigans, yep. pretty traditional joke tellers. And I was like, as much as Jim, I love I that are, guy to death. Yeah. But where, we are each other's competition yeah, yeah, in this yeah. moment. And you're like, yeah, and there's nothing to be done. And right. it's, but and, you, and I rooted for him. I wasn't right. like, I hope Jim Bob, I, I've gotten to a point where I feel confident in my own ability enough that I can be like, I'm going to do well. I hope everyone else does well. And then let, let them choose. Let the chips fall where yeah, they Yeah, let may. the chips fall. Who, because all, all I want is for me to do well and you right. know, also for my friends to do well. Yeah. But like I, I'm, I'm done rooting to do the best or for people to do poorly. Yeah. Yeah. That does. I mean, that's not going to help in any way except for to mess with your own head. It's and terrible. I, right. The, the, the random fears and it's a, it's a, it's a trained skill is to let that, that fear go. Mm-hmm. And it's a trained skill to, to not get bitter. And it's, you constantly have to remind yourself. And do appreciate what you have. Right. It's like, oh, the gratefulness. The, the best thing. Some for, people don't get to do any of this no, at all. No, totally. I get to do the most fun stuff. And every year I, I try to, like not at a specific time, but every year if I'm feeling a little like not down Yom or Kippur. Bitter, Young people is a great time to do that. Yeah, and it would be a perfect time it, it, it to do that, wouldn't time. it? I try to actually, I use that less for professional stuff and more for like personal stuff. Okay. I, I I'm, cause I'm not religious at all, but Young right. Kippur I feel like is a great, uh, it's, it's the Easter and Christmas of, of Judaism. It is. It's a, yeah. it's a big. It's, and there's no reason not to check in with Jupiter yourself. It's Super Bowl Sunday. Yeah, Super Bowl. <laughs> uh, Daniel Dad Lewis. Okay, Daniel Dad, is that a, is that a Michael, Mike Kaplan it's, joke it's as like well? It's like a Mike Kaplan joke. <laughs> it is like a Mike Kaplan joke. And so it's a great time. I usually check in with like, you know, my parents and, uh, friends of mine that I feel like I had any kind of rift with over the year. And right. Like, Make sure you, you're on good, we're on good standing. Terms. And oh, it's good. a nice time to do that. But yeah, it's also like to look back at the year and be like, and think career wise, like I got to do stuff this year that I've never gotten to do before. Right. And uh, that I couldn't have imagined doing last year. So as much as, you know, I, I had this audition, maybe it comes through, maybe it doesn't. I have been submitting writing packets. Maybe they come through, maybe they don't. Yeah. But last year I got to do my first TV writing thing and it was a little one, yep. but it was great. And, and it uh, was real. And it was real and it yeah. happened. And I, I didn't do it the year before and it's like a dream. So yeah. I'm literally living my dream and I should stop like right. What's the next thing? More. Or yeah. what's the, you know, why don't I have that thing or whatever? So, but it's, so that's one of the, I mean, maybe that's why the Cohen brothers are so hard for me because they really, it's like looking in a mirror mm-hmm. of different parts of my soul. Yeah. You know, but I, you know what I've never seen? Which? The Big Lebowski. I, People love that he loves the Big Lebowski. It's great. I, I'm done. 
proselytizing about it. Right. Because I, <laughs> the I, dork forest, you should do it one more time. Proselytize. Okay. So a great thing. I, sorry. I mean, I'm coming on your podcast and I will not talk about, I the will not though. talk about the thing I love. I, I yeah. really lo- like, I thought I was a little over it. Yeah. You know, I love it. I, I saw it when it, I was young when it came out. Right. And, and I didn't see it in theaters, but I remember like I had to get the video store across the street was managed by my neighbor. Okay. So they, some people could kind of get away with renting rated R movies when they were underage. I had to bring a note from my parents. Right. So, You're super young looking now. I'm, oh, right. I'm, I'm probably, I'm, uh, I had an ex-girlfriend who used to call me the world's oldest young man. Cause I'm just kind of like a bald, uh, cranky dude, not cranky, but just like, I like to stay in. Right. Oh, sure. You're a homebody. I'm a homebody, but you're wearing orange shoes. Life wearing is orange good. Shoes. Yeah, it is good. The aren't, uh, I'll get an orange shoes okay. later if we have time. But so I remember like bringing a note from my parents that said like, Josh is allowed to rent the big Lebowski on, yeah. on VHS. Yes. And I rented it and my, my roommates and I, or my, my roommates, I was 13. <laughs> my yeah. friends and I right. watched it on like New Year's Eve. Okay. As when 98 was turning into 99. And we were just like, I don't, we don't understand literally what's happening in this movie, but it is a joy to watch. Right. And the characters are so, were so vivid and it was like, it was kind of like an introduction. There was like sex and crime, but it wasn't an off-putting amount for yeah. me. It was just like a kind of an exciting, fun, funny, t- and I was a squeamish right. kid, but this was just like, I remember being like, this is what it's about. Okay. And then seeing, we had to watch it again very soon thereafter to even try to understand because it's there are major plot holes because it's based on a uh Raymond Chandler story the big sleep with major plot holes like there's a story it's based on the big sleep yeah loosely. i've read the big yeah, sleep yeah so it's it's like a stoner a stoner version of, of the, the big, big sleep, sleep. Man, I love the Coen Brothers. Now. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. It's so great. And it, it's super loosely adapted. Yeah. But, um, that there, there's like a gigantic, I forget what it is because I've seen the movie so many times. I've seen parts of it sense. a dozen times trying to go, all right, get into it. Get into no, it. People want it. It doesn't. And, but now this big sleep thing, this yeah, could help a great deal. If you deal. watch it under that lens, cause I love that kind of noir stuff yeah. too. I'll watch anything with a heist. Oh, who doesn't love a heist? Oh, it's the best. Like, people are talking trash about American Hustle not being that good. And I was like, it's a heist. What else do you want? It's just a heist where Christian Bale gets fat and wears a silly wig. (laughs) What is more, what what else can you love? Right, right. And so, but the thing is, is sometimes it's hard to talk to anybody about movies Mm -hmm. who know too much about movies. Because they they have too much information. Right. Oh, it's just a Scorsese ripoff. Great. I wish there were more Scorsese movies. Right. Stop, stop, stop ruining it. One of, and it, it's like Woody Allen standing in line at uh, Annie Hall, I think yes, it was. Yeah. With Malcolm or, McLuhan. Yeah. Yeah. And so. Um, but yeah, that's, uh, that's how I feel it where it's like, I, one of my favorite music things is bands that sound like Springsteen. I mean, I love Springsteen. Yeah. But like, I love the Hold Steady, Minneapolis. Right. Originally. Oh yeah, yeah. I have one of their albums. Yeah. For no reason. <laughs> it's a, I have one of almost everybody's albums. That's so funny. I'm also a dabbler. Yeah, um, I do, well, I want to, uh, you know, because like people who are genuinely into bands and music and this stuff, they tend to they're completists sometimes, mm-hmm. and I am just, oh, I'll buy that fun album. Yep. And what's John Legend doing? And so I have several cool kid yep. albums, but I don't have all of them. No. And I don't have. I just like no, I know the one song. There, there are some bands that I feel like I got in at an early enough point that I have to buy all their albums okay. now. Oh yeah, yeah, uh, like Billy Joel. Hello. <laughs> 
107. Not the example and, uh, I was going to use, <laughs> but a great example nonetheless. Sure. Well, you live here where they play Billy Joel all the time oh, anyway, where you're like... It Billy, Billy Joel City. It's a Billy Joel radio all the... Every... every place I'm going in. It doesn't even matter what the station is. There's going to be a Billy, Billy Joel song on in that one. that residency at Madison Square Garden. I know Garden, it. I totally want to go. Once a month. I, yeah. It's been sold out every time though, how, I'm told. How long can that last? It's like once a month? Forever? Until. But what I like is that he didn't go, you know, I'm going to go to Vegas. No. Like like Barry Manilow. I'm just, I live in Long Island. I'm going to do gonna, it here. Yeah, I'm going to just take a car into the city Play piano to 18,000 people right. in my home city once a month. How cool. The thing is, is I like the carbon footprint better because, you know, Barry Manilow flies home every night. No. Yeah. Where do li- you fly to? Palm Springs. Palm Springs to uh, California. Vegas. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So just an hour flight. But it's oh a jet. God. It's jet fuel. <laughs> That's and so funny. It seems awesome. And yet you're like, why didn't you just do it and make people come to Palm Springs? Because people would. For Manilow? For Manilow? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I went to Vegas. I hate Vegas. For Manilow. For Manilow. That's why I went. Because it made me laugh. And uh, and uh, here's a fun fact uh, that I was told. Barry Manilow's safe word, apricot. Really? That's I don't know why I know that. I, I, I do know some, why I know I that. every question about that. <laughs> First of all, what's Barry Manilow getting into that he needs a, a safe, safe word? word? Also... His safe word is such an old person's safe word. <laughs> I think he was dry, born an old person, though, wasn't he? <laughs> the safe word is prune. <laughs> there are fresh apricots. I don't know why I'm defending I've the apricots. Seen, I, I guess they must be fresh at some point. At some Just point, they are Barry fresh. Manilow was Just once, young. once he was young and picture, vibrant. I can't picture either of them unwrinkled. <laughs> uh, so, oh, so bands that sound like Springsteen. Yep. Sorry. And yep. then, uh, so, and I'm just like, People are like, oh yeah, they're derivative of Springsteen. Yeah, who doesn't want more Springsteen <laughs> records? Perfect. Right, right. And that's how I feel about American Hustle. Like, oh, it's so derivative. It's like, yeah, but it's derivative of the best of things. cool things, right. and they do it well. Mm-hmm. Is what I've heard. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I have been seriously busy watching some some crap. Like I went and saw, well, not. I mean, I saw The Hobbit twice, okay. the new Hobbit, and that was, and it's. It is no, it's it's an action movie. It's not mm-hmm. any. I mean, it's yeah, it's GI Joe, but fancy. Yeah. So yeah, there's yeah. no reason for me to not call it crap just because it's Peter Jackson and sure. it's epic, it, and and Cumberbatch you, is in it. You there's throw a British accent on it. Yeah, that does not fancy it up. Mm-hmm. Um, I would still rather read the book, but it yeah. was a super fun movie. Yeah. And I saw it twice, and Great. then I prior to that, I haven't seen anything except for action movies. I think I saw it. Oh. Oh, I watched, and it was on television. I saw Monsters vs. Robots or whatever it was called. Um, oh, Pacific Rim. Yeah, Pacific Rim, and uh, <laughs> and it was awesome. It was it was everything I wanted in a Monster vs. Yeah. Robot movie. I I love. I feel like the Avengers uh, when it came out. You know that like, is a film, my friend. It was great. It, it nailed it. I think like the the Dark Knight. I'm not a huge superhero guy. Right. I feel like the Dark Knight was like we want to be a ten, and yeah. we're a ten, mm-hmm. and then. Uh, this next Batman movie was like, we want to be a 10 and they were like a seven, like yeah. Dark Knight Rises and wanting to be, a, a, but the Avengers was like, we want to be an eight and they were the 10 of eight. They were an 11. It man. was perfect. Yeah. It was exact. It wasn't like we're going to be deep and weighty necessarily, but it was just a perfect, wonderful action movie with, with super nice, tiny character development. It's it like great. comic books. Comics, comic books can do that kind of character development mm-hmm. that nobody expects. And it's amazing. Yeah. And you're like, Oh, thank God. It was great. 
great. And, yeah. and I feel like if you're, to me, if they're like, we want to just be the most fun movie with believable different yeah. characters that grow rather than being like, this is about chaos in the world and you nail it. It's so much better because when something wants to be a 10 yeah. and is a seven, you're like, it's, it, you're trying too hard, it feels buddy. like you talk down to you yeah. or it's like, come on, you idiot. Like we can't just destroy the <laughs> stock market. We can't like, I get, Oh, the, the villains in Batman are supposed to be like, you know, like, Oh, they have a point, but it's like, you don't have a point guy with a tooth right. mask. With a tooth mask. Knock it off. Right, right. Right. Okay, so now uh, you have your you, essentially you've sent me a list of your four kind of favorites, yeah, right? Yeah, of Coen Brothers. It's um, uh, No Country for Old Men. Mm-hmm. I couldn't see that one either because it looked like my dad. Really? Yeah, it was like, <laughs> really oh dark. man. And uh, yeah, so what was that one about? That- <laughs> yeah, <laughs> feel free to spoil it because uh, I'm. So- I don't think I can ever see it, but the, it just reminded me of charming grifter kind of dude. So it's like another. Uh, tragedy. Yeah. Like legit tragedy where the, it's the story, the action centers around Josh Brolin finding this bag of money at like a huge drug deal gone wrong. Yeah. And him. Just trying, in passing? Um, like he, he just happened to be there? Near it. Yeah. Oh, yeah, but he wasn't of, in the. He was hunting. Okay. And he, so he was like, had binoculars. No, he was not part of the drug deal and just saw this like, I believe it's like buzzard circling a car and he went over to look and there was just this satchel of money and he takes it and it's, like nominally, it's a story of him trying to get a, make off with this money, yeah. while Javier Bardem's character is uh, trying to catch him. Right. Uh, but really, it's the story of Tommy Lee Jones, who's the small town sheriff, yeah. who's kind of lazily tracking this story and not trying super hard and uh, being just like a little past his prime in the story about how his father kind of got ground down by law enforcement the same way. And, wow. to, and, and Josh Brolin's character, who you think the movie is about, right? You're like, this is going to be this story. Either he, he gets away with it or then there's a showdown. Like that's how we're trained to watch movies. Right. And then he dies with like 15 minutes left. Major spoiler. I mean, Major I said it spoiler. after, so it doesn't, you said right, right. spoil. So and I said died, spoil it. And then you're like, uh, what the fuck? Right. You're like, what is this, <laughs> what is this movie? And you have to like totally reorient and to, and it becomes this movie about, to me, the, the thing, the whole crux of it is like, good, it's so hard to be good and Oh, a decent person? To be a good person. A decent person and also like to fight for goodness. Like what's things that are worth fighting for. It's so hard to do that forever that someone like, it's not that good will always win against evil. It's that tenacity will always win against um because because you just get tired yeah and that's what it's about it's about no country for old men like this isn't like is the world more evil or did i just grow tired of fighting am i just exhausted yeah and it's i i like it's so brutal and i i think that sounds terrifying to me it's so terrifying because sometimes i get really exhausted right Mm -hmm. because you're like i am hitting my head against the right door that doesn't mean my fucking head doesn't hurt exactly oh what a great way to put that If it's locked, it doesn't matter. Like if you're waiting for someone to open right. the door or you have the wrong, you forgot your keys. It doesn't matter right. what door you're at. Yeah. You're still banging your head. Yeah. And that's, to me, that's like a really sad, beautiful. It movie. is a sad and beautiful thing. And, and I'm, I'm really drawn to art. Not that's manipulatively sad. Like I'm less no, no. sad love stories, I guess. Like that's not a draw for me, but just tragedy. Oh, like. Yeah, tra- I mean, tra- tragedy done correctly, which is what it sounds like these are. Yeah. Quite honestly, just really well 
well done, well crafted, mm-hmm. and just so much empathy put into yeah. the writing of this horrible person. Mm-hmm. Because the thing is, is like I, I, uh, I used to do, I, and I still, and I'm trying to write this piece about my dad, and my dad drives me nuts. Mm-hmm. And my dad is a guy that is not particularly thoughtful, mm-hmm. but he is not a bad guy. Sure. And he tries, but he forgets about other people. Yeah, yeah. Because he's busy thinking about himself. Mm-hmm. And we all are, but my father's really good at it. And, uh, mm-hmm. and so what I try to do, what, what that looks like they're doing, and allow me to compare myself to the Cone brothers, is, uh, is that what I try to do is I try to find the love. Mm-hmm. You know, when I write about someone that's driving me up a fucking banana yeah. tree. Like my brother Terry is an evangelist and, and is, Constantly praying for gay people and for the, the people who have premarital sex mm-hmm. and is super judgmental against these people. Double prayers for people having premarital gay sex. Premarital gay sex. Why would you poke your penis in that thing? <laughs> and or whatever. Why would you want to go down there, lady? And so, but the, uh, it's so weird to me. I have to find why I still talk to him mm-hmm. and that I feel like they're like, no, you don't have to find why you still talk to him. You just have to look at them and go, that is what people are like sometimes. They're yeah. just flawed. You don't have to like them. You don't mm-hmm. have to dislike them. You just have to accept them. Yeah. And for me, I'm like, no, no, I can't just accept them. I have to find what I love about them. Excuse me. And yeah. so I can still talk to them. I think like, yes, I think that's really important. Like <laughs> I try, you know, if you get into a fight with somebody, yeah. a friend or a significant other, you know, uh, I think it's really important to acknowledge that you're upset, but also like acknowledge the humanity of the other person and, and what, what you like about them and then how, who they are drove them or drove you two into this conflict. Yeah. Cause it wasn't, I mean, something happened. Yes. It's not, it's usually not you're born a rotten person. No. And then you're that way till you die. And even, I mean, most people, I think like I, I, I had this discussion with, uh, my girlfriend about George W. Bush, right. where she's like, I think he's an evil person. And I was like, no, I think he's a person who felt like he was doing his best, but his priorities were misguided. Yeah, I feel like he really wanted to be baseball commissioner and we should have let him. I wish they had. Yeah. Well, he could have broken baseball and then he would have moved on and someone would have fixed baseball and it would not have affected so many people. I but, know. Or maybe, hey, maybe but he I don't, could have fixed yeah, baseball. They couldn't have handled yeah, I, the steroids much worse than right. they did. <laughs> Here's my weird, uh, my weird thing about, about, about Bush is that I think you're right. I don't think he's evil and I don't think, and I think he's super charming and I think he's yeah. super, like people are like, no, he's a great guy to hang out with and I, chat and all this stuff. I wish I could attribute this quote, but I forget who said it, but it's brilliant. Okay. Um, someone said George Bush's magic is people voted for him under the auspices of like, or under the thought what? of he's uh, a guy that I could sit down and have a beer with. He's been sober for 30 years. Right. That's an amazing magic trick to pull. Right. To have people use that. In a, like, he's a great guy to have a beer with. He doesn't drink beer. Right. He doesn't drink. You'll have a beer and watch him have a non-alcoholic yeah, beer or a seltzer or whatever. Soda. Yeah. And, and you'll, you're charmed by him. And I, I really think like, you know, he, so there were corporate interests that got in the way, which I think is like a misguided priority, but I don't think this guy was like, I'm out to screw America, I think, you know, he invaded Iraq under false pretenses because he thought yeah. he'd be the best for the country. He, he, he's pretty, I felt like he was 
genuinely gullible and he was being played by a lot of people. But probably, probably played in a lot of ways and probably just like kind of a victim of a per, not a victim, but <laughs> I a, like, I like how we're sort of, no, he's just a, he's retarded. It's so I, sad. And, uh, you know, he was a person I, yeah. with great power who felt like he was using it righteously, but his idea of righteousness was not and was misguided. Ended up having, and I'm not saying that it was like water under the bridge. Yeah. To me, I'm, you know, I'm like a pretty liberal twerp who lives in yeah. New York and grew up in New England. <laughs> I want you to be a twerk. Uh, <laughs> I'm a liberal twerk. It's just like I got a, I got you a like big, to dance. I got a big butt and I have <laughs> socialized healthcare. Um, <laughs> but yeah, and I, I think not to make it too political, but like that's, that's how I feel. You know, yeah. like, he thought he was like misguided righteousness. And I think that that's in a lot of ways more dangerous than malevolence. Oh, very much so. And I think if you look at his life, mm-hmm. he has misfired more often than not. Yeah. The guy is, wasn't good at anything, but he was a charmer in mm-hmm. all things. And yeah. so I think he was, he was put on a path that he was like, yeah, okay. All right. I'll try and do that. And you're like, dude, you aren't good at anything. And, and it's hard. It's like it's, he was a stand up comic that was doing it for 15 years and never got better at it. And, uh, except people <laughs> kept bumping him up. Right. And you were just dude. like, no, that guy's going to be a headliner. Yeah, and you're well, like, but you're humping the stool. Why is that? <laughs> and he's like, it's just, well, it's something to do, you yeah. know? And, uh, you're like, yes, it is something to do. Yes. Anyway. <laughs> I'm totally so, but I, but I do think. I do think it makes me want to watch and I, and I have always wanted to watch these movies because I knew that they were well crafted, mm-hmm. but they just, it did, it, it's this slice of life business. It's like all the Oprah books. Yeah. They're all slice of life and I'm like, but they're sad slices yeah, of life. Yeah. I can't, I can't do, I can't do historical sadness. Uh, like 12 years a slave doesn't appeal I to me. I wouldn't see 12 years a slave on a dare, man. <laughs> Guess what happens? I bet you there's slavery for 12 years yeah. and it's unjust even more so than regular slavery. Yep. It's double bummer slavery. Double, double, who, let's watch a double feature of that in Schindler's and List. It's, and it's Why horrible. You... And I realize I just did the biggest white privilege thing of defending George Bush's misguided righteousness <laughs> while refusing to see 12 years a slave. But no, but no. Like, I, but you didn't support uh, George Bush's uh, righteousness either. I don't support it. No. I, I, the same way as if there were a Kickstarter to make the movie 12 Years a Slave, if they're like, look, we got to make this really important movie and we don't have the funds, I would, sure, $20 Kickstarter, take it. Right. But more than the price of a movie ticket. I wouldn't Kickstart that movie. I'd be like, <laughs> why don't you not? And uh, why don't you put that on the History Channel in between uh, a cooking show? Have you ever seen a cooking show called Taste of History? No. Oh, it's horrible. It's wonderful. It's okay. great. It's a PBS show. I'll watch it's that. remember the happy tree guy, the guy who yep. would paint Bob Ross. Bob Ross. Okay. It's like that, but with a guy who cooks using cast iron uh around historical uh monuments. Love it. And then he's like, in the Civil War, uh people cooked over a cook stove, and so I'm gonna make a hardtack or whatever. I mean, yeah, yeah. And so it's awesome. I'm, and I'm into it. Dumb to dum dum and awesome. And because you're just like the 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 production values are very much the Bob Ross. Oh, sure. Yeah. So it's very cheaply made, mm-hmm. but super fun. And I want to make that chili now. I like that. Yeah. I, I, I just can't. My, I just 12 can't. years a slave. Do that. Do, right. Mix it up with horrible uh, collard greens and why it was made. <laughs> Fatback was done because that was what was left over. Yep. Historic. You're like, this is delicious, but it tastes of oppression. It's Right. It's the oppression food that was given to poor people. And they're like, well, I have to make it taste good because people are geniuses. The matzah of the South. How do you get the worst oppression? 
Russian food. Oh, but the thing is, is, is that, that my, uh, and talk about getting political. Here's what I've, uh, I, I lost a listener one time because I was talking about how I, um, that I, I was in favor of socialized medicine and he mm-hmm. said, um, oh, I know. No, I said I liked egg corn. I said, I said, egg, oh, yeah. egg corn was handed a, a, a bad rap because, Agreed. because all, um, because all, uh, it, it was all, all it was. I've, I've worked at nonprofits, yeah. and nonprofits, everyone has their heart in the right place, yep. but all the paperwork isn't always. Uh, yeah. And and for 23 years, they help people fight their bad landlords mm-hmm. and help people uh, pay their rent, yep. and and they got set up with the prostitution thing because they're just like their hearts are in the right place, and you're like, eh, but the paperwork isn't always on yeah. board. My- and so this guy was like, I stopped listening because those people are the worst. I said, you're gonna have to link me. You got it was on Twitter. I was Please. like, link me whatever you think you you read, mm-hmm. and he did, and he and he actually he sent me. Um, the, the criminal report from the state of California okay. and he sent me a, a Fox News thing and he said, I sent you the second thing because the Fox News thing is suspect. Yep. And I said, I appreciate that yeah. entirely. And so I read the criminal report. Yep. He sent me a 23 page report, okay. hopefully no doubt that I would not read it. Yep. But I was like, no, this is actually fascinating. And they had, it was two or three incidences in over 30 years yeah. of what he called voter fraud. My my best friend worked uh, Milwaukee. My college yeah. best friend, a Milwaukee native. Uh, oh, hello. Mm-hmm, uh, worked for Acorn in Boston for like longer than human. Like spe- talk about getting burnt out. Like, <laughs> it was during Obama's campaign, and he first campaign. Yeah. Before they kind of tipped out, uh, tipped over, but like. I mean, their office was getting robbed and he was just going door to door registering voters, people who like had, didn't know the resources to get registered. Right. And that to me is like good work regardless yeah. of the problems. Yeah. Not nonprofits. The, uh, a problem with nonprofits is that they're not run by business minded people who are kicking nope. business ass. <laughs> no, they are but not. Like, man, it was his work was so disheartening and so important. And I don't, you know, I didn't know. And he kept much. doing it. He kept doing it about the larger <laughs> structure. Yeah. So why be all mean about it? Yeah. Anyway, so, but so, oh, I was going to say something political though. Oh, could have been anything. Turns out I'm an anarchic socialist. I want everyone to choose to share, but uh, they don't. So we have to legislate some sharing. And if you want to stop listening to the dork for us, because occasionally that comes out. So sad, too bad. That's my dorkdom. Uh, but it isn't. Okay, so we can leave on a happy one. Let's, let's talk a little bit about a happy, uh, the Oh Brother Where Art Thou? Love Oh Brother Where Art Thou. Now I have seen that twice because it, it happens to be Andy's, uh, my husband's, uh, favorite movie it's of the Coen so Brothers. It's perfect. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. <laughs> it is, I always say this, if I have children, it will be the first adult entertainment that I provide for them oh, to enjoy. Really? I really think that. That's why the Coen Brothers are your dorkdom, because it's your first go-to. Yeah. Like, it just, it's so, uh, the, I mean, the music is great, which everyone talks about. Yeah. It, it made me like George Clooney, which was a feat. <laughs> uh, I, it's just so, my own family, like my own immediate family. Yeah. Loves it, and we'll quote it all, like, we thought you was a toad. <laughs> and I actually, I had Christmas dinner with my girlfriend's family. Right. And, we were playing like a movie quotes game and I was like, well, this will be a real test as to like whether these oh, people right, are right. my people. And mm-hmm. that was my quote. And my girlfriend's father jumped on it so fast. And I was like, oh, great. This excellent. Is like home. Excellent. Yeah. This is a good guy. It's yeah. It's, it used to be, honestly, it used to be kind of the big Lebowski was like a cool measuring stick for like, who's kind of a cool weirdo. Yeah. But that movie's been so bro opted yeah. that like everyone likes it. But Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? I feel like gets talked about less and 
is just such a perfect, wonderful movie. This, it's like a sweet story. Yeah. There's friendship. There's, uh, strife. There's John Goodman. It's like right. everything you want. Right. Right. It is, it is, and it's, it's country mm-hmm. and it's, and it's, smart and it's dumb and some of my favorite comedies now which is so funny because i've always been such a freaking snob Mm -hmm. is the silly smart stuff that people are doing like there's a lot of great i don't know if you've seen rory scovel oh my gosh of course the guy is one of the silliest smartest guys Mm -hmm. in the world and pete holmes pete holmes is great there's just a lot of that going on yeah that and aaron foley i don't know if you've seen her i do know aaron foley yeah i don't know i I know of her and i yeah and she's just it's so I mean, the way Bamford does it, the way Maria does silly, yeah. it's so, it's so parallel universe, mm-hmm. silly smart, that it doesn't feel silly. It feels alien yes. and smart. Mm-hmm. Where, um, Aaron Foley, you're like, what are you talking about? Yeah. Are you talking about pa- pots and pans mm-hmm. at length and in a weird <laughs> tilted way? I- I'll throw yeah. Nick Vatterod into oh, that. Oh, I don't know talk. that guy. Oh, he's wonderful. Is he? With yeah. a V? Yep. Yeah, I will link him yep. in the notes. Oh, he's so great. I, okay. He's, excuse me. He does. He just is he does, a New York guy? Yes. Okay. Started in Chicago. Okay. Here, and his late night sets, he's done, I think two, a couple of Conan sets okay. and, a, and a Fallon set that are all, uh, hopefully all available online. And he just does them like there's always something unexpected and wonderful about them in a, in a way that's like, I, I was just listening to a previous Dork Forest where you talked about how you would be lost the way Andy Kaufman alienated audiences. Oh, and I this, this I feel like is an outside the box thing yeah. that brings audiences okay. together rather than pushes them apart yeah, yeah. from the performer. Which is, yeah, which is, which is what I genuinely love about a lot of that stuff. It's and, so great. And Oh Brother, what we're at though is exactly that. Yeah. Where you're like, this is so silly and so unlikely. And yet, Again, with the Cohen brothers, I feel like, no, I think that that guy really exists. Yeah. It, it's so, <laughs> I mean, there's that gag of, of them, uh, kind of fall, like early on where they're, they're still chained together and yeah. they, they're, I think they're getting on the train, right? And they keep falling because they're chained <laughs> together or like running through the wheat. And, uh, and then there's also like just, it's really tender. Yeah. The, the relationship, like George Clooney trying to get back together oh, with, with his, his wife, wife and, and kid. He's bona fide. And it's like, you, I don't know. I feel like you, um, yeah, they're, they're real people with real motivations. Even, even the frog. Dumb. Even yeah. the guy who's in love with the frog or yep. who's like, that frog is a reincarnation of something. Yeah, he yeah. Thinks he's the other guy because he disappears. Right. We thought you was a toad. And then they, they, it's John Goodman crushes the, <laughs> the frog to- yeah. and they're like, you feel for them because they think it's, it's that guy. The other guy. Yeah. And, and yeah, I mean, I, I was like, no, I could see, cause I mean, I know a lot of crazy animal people mm-hmm. who are like, no, it's my friend, uh, Karen Rotowski, uh, talks to pet psychics mm-hmm. to find out how her dog is feeling. And, um, because her friend is a pet psychic. Okay. I don't, I believe she is not paying. Okay. Pro bono pet psychic. Pro bono. And I don't wish to, to really crap on anybody's belief system, but, uh, but I do, but I know people who believe these things about, and I love animals. So you're like, no, don't crush the fucking toad. There's no reason for that. Right. Oh yeah. He was so, it was so awful. It was such an inhumane thing to do. Right. It didn't make any sense to me. I was like, now you've crossed a line to no reason. Yeah. Yeah. And so, but, but such a great movie. So great. And so beautifully wrapped up. You know, in the, and that is another thing that they do do. I said do do. Uh, so, but, uh, is the way they end a movie Mm -hmm. is so clean where people's lives continue on, you know, 
Yeah. Where, yeah. Oh, I have, I always have such a problem when movies act or TV shows act like everything's okay. Like in the end, we're like, here are glaring flaws that were just ignored. <laughs> Not like plot holes. Right. But like, you know, a couple breaks up and then because of some deception to get them back together, they get back together and you're like, this lie is gonna come up. Right. Like I, you know, I've got, I've gotten in week long fights about I'll be back in half an hour. Right. Like, how are you going to get over? How are you going to wrap this up? Mm-hmm. But I'll tell you something. Uh, what I do like some of my favorite romantic comedies, uh, will have, uh, the end two weeks notice mm-hmm. is a, uh, wonderful, terrible movie is with that Sandra uh, Bullock and Hugh Grant. Yes. And at the end of it, she's a mess, yeah. right? She's always a mess in every film that mm-hmm. she is in because she is obviously super, uh, wound. Yep. And at the end of the movie, and he's a mess, uh, cause he's a fabulously wealthy, uh, guy who doesn't, uh, have any expectations about him. Mm-hmm. So, but at the end of it, they get together, but you feel like, oh, they will still be, they'll Methods. be working on this. Did, yeah. They will be working on this together. <laughs> were you a, um, a, did you watch Breaking Bad? Uh, the first three seasons. And then I realized that this was not going to end well. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's another, with the little... girlfriend with, when Jesse's girlfriend oh was, uh, uh, the, when there was trouble, cause when he got the girlfriend, I was like, oh, oh, maybe he'll, he'll sober up and become yep. a good. And I was like, uh oh, season three. My my girlfriend <laughs> is watching it now, and she was like, she we were talking about it. She goes, oh, Jesse has a girlfriend. He needs that, and I was like, oh, uh, yes, he does. And I am sorry. I, I and uh, I felt like that series, and I don't want to say anything too specific, right? If people still haven't mm-hmm. seen it, it seems new. Like you can ruin things like a movie that's thirty seven years yeah, old. Of course, I'm sorry. Rosebud is a is yeah a, uh, yeah yeah. <laughs> Is right. <laughs> Let's complete that. Yeah. My, my girlfriend, or not my girlfriend, uh, Breaking Bad yeah. ended, um, and people said it ended too neatly. But I think, to me, what people aren't acknowledging is that everything is still horrible. We just didn't see. Right. The how, next, the right. next hour. And, and, Cause I don't, right. Because if there were one more episode, like after the finale, it would just right. be about how everyone's life is still terrible. Right. And the thing is, is, is even when you make a step in the right direction, mm-hmm. right? It doesn't fix your life. Yeah. But make the step in the right direction mm-hmm. because you're in the right direction. Yeah. That, <laughs> you're facing the correct way. Better than not that. Yeah. You yeah. can't just do. Right. Like, right. You're, you have to, you have to fix the, the, the rubble. You have to still clear away the rubble. Yeah. But at least you're pointed in the right damn direction. Absolutely. <laughs> That's hilarious. And, um, so yeah, I have to, um, oh, raising Arizona. Delight. That's another delightful Cohen brother. Yeah. Yeah. That's more of, that was a, that was a, uh, a lighter one too. Mm-hmm. And it was so, but it felt, it resonated. I remember I saw that one in the, in the theater. And it was before, I think I need to see them alone mm-hmm. because I get, uh, I tend to do laps uh, when things get tense. Oh yeah. And so if I'm, so the middle of Fargo, I got up and walked so out. So tense. Yeah. I had to get up and walk out where if I watched it on television, if I watched it on a DVD, mm-hmm. I could get up and do a lap and play some crystal clutch or, you know, I can play some, like some sort of video game yep. to, to diffuse the tension. Yeah. I'm sure the Cohen brothers are not pleased to find out that I, that I am. No, but that's, I think like that speaks to the, to the power of the movie. Yeah. I mean, they're just doing a great job, I, but I remember sitting at raising Arizona, loving it mm-hmm. and hating it yep. and going, Oh yeah. 
Definitely. There, there's still like that tension and that desperation, even in the really light. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I will do that with books. Like, um, I, I remember cause a book will get too visceral or too, um, I'll get to the part where I think it's emotionally about to nosedive yeah. and I'll just put it down for weeks. Like I, I was on the plane, uh, the plane, I was on a plane right. about a week ago mm-hmm. and I was reading Eleanor and Park, which is like a young adult, a critically acclaimed young adult book by uh, Rainbow Ruel. I don't know how to pronounce Rainbow her Ruel? Yeah. That's an a, awesome name. Yeah. She's really, uh, she's really cool. We were like, we're Twitter acquainted. So I was okay. like, oh, I should purchase I'll- and read her book yep. because it's people, it is beloved. So I did, and I read the first third of it just on the plane. It just burned through it, and then I was like, I feel like I'm at the part where it's about to dip. And right. I, like, I can't handle this in the sky right now. Right. <laughs> so I put it down and then got so busy that – and now it's so daunting because now I have to pick it back up and read through the right. sadness. Well, I, I, uh, I read – I don't read a lot of nonfiction, but I was reading um, – Havana Nocturne is the name of this book, and it's a book about um, the mob trying to take over Cuba mm-hmm. in the 50s. Mm-hmm. And it was Lucky Luciano and Meyer Lansky, okay. and they want to make a, a Vegas, Rio de Janeiro, not Rio de Janeiro, what's the one in France? Uh, Monte, Monte Carlo. Carlo. Yeah, they wanted to make a Monte Carlo in Cuba, and so they do, and Batista is in their pocket, and he's getting a lot of graft, and everybody's making money hand over fist, and Meyer Lansky's dream is that this happens, and and I know Castro's coming. Oh, yeah. You know, pad, 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 pad. Here comes Castro. Yep. And, uh, and Castro would like all of the money. He doesn't, he doesn't want to share it with yeah. the, with the American mob, it turns out. And, uh, <laughs> and he also, and, and trappings of, of capitalism are also not what he's looking for. Mm-hmm. So please hide your gambling again. Yeah. And so, um, I could only read it in like, uh, like 20 minute chunks. Mm-hmm. Because Meyer Lansky got so dis- – he was so mad at himself that he he became very angry that he wasn't respected like Rockefeller and Carnegie. Oh, sure. Because he's like, no, I am providing jobs and those guys were thugs. Mm-hmm. Why am I not? Yeah. And you're like, because they started foundations and libraries. Yep. You yeah. started Vegas. Right. That's yeah. totally you, a huge difference. But I felt bad even, for him. Even the Kennedys made that leap. Right. you got to make the leap. you got to make some sort of waspy leap yep. where all of a sudden <laughs> you got to do – this thing, and I know they were Catholics, but uh, they they pretended. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> right, 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 right. Yeah, he, he they were so good at the waspy leap that you didn't even know they weren't waspies. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, guess what we didn't talk about? We didn't talk about hip hop. We didn't talk about um, rap at all. That's okay. But I I like that you recommended a young adult uh, title. I did. And d- does it uh, is it is it is it a nice book in the end? I haven't gone there yet. Oh, that's right. You're still a week ago. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Okay, but it's well written and it's, it's really fun. It's really well written and it's really and, fun. And it's critically acclaimed. And what's the name it of it again? It's called Eleanor and Park. Eleanor and Park. I just got an email from a guy who asked me to read his book and it was 99 cents on Kindle. And right. so I bought it and, uh, so I just started that and it looks, it looks good. And, uh, and I, and I also want to play a card game called Friday. So those are my plugs for the week. Terrific. Uh, but that was, uh, Rich Sumner. Uh, from 
Mad Men. He plays oh, one of the, yeah. and he's a board, he was on the show earlier. He was on the Dork Forest talking cool. about board games. And it's a solo, he, he loves to play solo board games because his wife uh, doesn't like to play board games mm-hmm. or card games and his kids are too little. Uh-huh. So Friday is based on Robert Louis Stevenson. Okay. And Friday. Oh, right. So Rangers of the Dork Forest, you have been listening to the Dork Forest, which is awesome with Josh Gondelman. And it's at Josh Gondelman on Twitter and it's joshgondelman.com. And Gondelman is actually spent, spelled like Gondelman. Mm-hmm. So you can do it. It's exactly phonetic. It's exactly phonetic. And then go and see you when you do stand-up comedy. Are you going to be anywhere cool in February that people? Yeah, I am. I'm, I'm going to be at, um, very beginning of February. I'll be at Sketchfest at so the very end of January, very beginning of February in San Francisco. Okay. And I'm going back to LA or going to LA for a couple of days. Okay. About doing, uh, a bunch of shows in yeah. LA and stuff. Yeah. Ch- check your website, check your Twitter yeah, feed. I'm, I'm on the road a lot. This. I'm at Sketchfest as well, January, oh, uh, January 30th. Oh, cool. We're, I think we're doing, um, put uh, your hands together, put your hands together and competitive erotic fan, fan fiction. fiction. Which All is right. Such a fun show. That is very fun. And, uh, uh I was going to write, uh, a startup tech pitch, uh, because it's San Francisco. Yeah. I was going to write, uh, erotic, erotic. fan oh, fiction so for great. a startup tech pitch, but, uh, I don't, I don't know that I can because I was going to do a PowerPoint presentation and it's a podcast. Oh, sure. And uh, he's like, that's a visual media. And I was like, oh, I don't. And, uh, but it was going to be super, but now, but now I don't know what I'm going to write, but I'm doing two. I'm doing competitive erotic science fiction. Oh, are you going to do the sci-fi one too? I'm doing the sci-fi one as well. And I'm doing pre-writing because I'm not a huge sci-fi buff. Yep. So I'm doing quantum leap. Uh, oh, which Scott I'm, Bakula, yeah. which rhymes with butt crackula. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if you've ever thought of that. Uh, <laughs> not. No, it's all I'll think not. of. Right. So San Francisco at the end of the month uh, of January and, and then L.A. the first week of, Jan- of February. Yeah. And then I'm doing uh, – I'm on the road a little bit. I think I'm um, doing Helium in Buffalo and Philly at the end of February. That's neat. Yeah. And then one more. Oh, and then South by Southwest in March. All right. Mm-hmm. So ladies and gentlemen, go see Josh Gondelman. Thanks for tuning in and take care out there. Bye. All right. That was great. Thanks so much for listening to the show, you guys. Uh, the bonus content, which is Andy and I discussing the show, uh, is available on the apps, the Libsyn sold apps. For some reason, Libsyn is also just posting it for free, so you don't have to buy the app. You can just go to tdf.libsyn.com if you're just downloading it to your iTunes and putting it on some other app to listen to all the different podcasts that you listen to. So if you want to listen to the bonus content, just go to tdf.libson.com or you can buy the app if you want. And uh, you can also just go to iTunes, by the way, and review the show. iTunes supposedly cares about that. So if you're enjoying the show, and I read them, and that's great. And if you ever want to email me, Jackie at JackieCation.com. The credits, of course. Patrick Brady is going to fix this audio. Thank you, Patrick. Uh, Mike Rickberg composed and sang the intro song. He's going to sing the Mexican hat dance right here in a moment. And Vilmos fixes the website, JackieCation.com, where, by the way, there is a donation button, JackieCation.com and DorkForest.com. Feel free to donate. I'd love everyone to give me a 100 bucks a year. That is $8.33 a month. I have not figured out a way to make that easy for you. You would have to remember that. Or you can just throw me some money. If you don't have any money, uh, that's fine as well. But feel free to talk up the show. And if you would like merch, if you'd like a, a Dork Forest t-shirt or a CD of my stand-up comedy or would like to know where I'm doing stand-up, go to JackieCation.com and hook yourself up. There's also an Amazon banner. If you want to, or if you ever order from Amazon, and we all do, go through JackieCation.com and the Amazon banner. Thanks a lot for listening, everybody. See you next week. My hat, my hat, my hat. <laughs>
They're dancing around my hat, my hat, my hat, my hat. Well, what do you think of that? If it looks like a Mexican hat dance and it sounds like a Mexican hat dance, it's most likely a Mexican hat dance. So take off your hat and let's dance. Yay! Oh my god. We, why don't we just call that as the end of the show?